och varmt välkomna till Korskyrkan Stockholms podd Vardagstro. Detta är podden när vi pratar om hur tron blir synlig i vardagen på olika sätt genom livets olika omständigheter. Och det är ju en podd där vi vill höra människors livsberättelser och prata om vad tro är för oss. Ja, och vi som leder den här podden, det är jag, Rickard Hultmar, och sen så har vi... Jason Kim. Och Jessica Selin. Och idag har ju en väldigt spännande gäst, det är Chelsea Reinhardt som kommer att vara här. Ja, ah, det är roligt. Jättekul. Alltså för mig slår mig alltid Chelsea som en person som är sånt djup. Det känns som att hon, det liksom bara går att ösa ur hennes djup när man, när man pratar med henne. Och hon, hon har liksom alltid något klokt och visst att komma med. Ja, hon, hon är också missionär i Sverige. Just ja, nu. precis. Och det är ett spännande mm. perspektiv att komma till ett annat land. Så. Men uh-huh. jag har också lärt känna henne som en väldigt god lyssnare. Ja, uh-huh. precis. Ja, och Chelsea är nog en person som jag har lärt känna väldigt bra eftersom hon pratar engelska och känner sig väldigt bekväm med engelska. Och det är ju också mitt första språk. Så jag har också fått lära känna hennes kärlek för mat- Kärlek för andlig formation och ledning Så det har varit väldigt roligt att få lära känna henne som vän Ja, precis Och det är ju faktiskt du Jay som ska få intervjua Chelsea idag Så varmt välkomna att haka på den här podden allihop Hey, and now I'm going to just switch to English. Um, Chelsea, so good to have you here. Thank you. It's wonderful to sit down and have a conversation with you, Jay. <laughs> now, you said that you, you don't want to present yourself, so I'm going to be doing your presentation for you. So let, let's see how this one goes. All right. Um, so, Chelsea, um, you are someone that uh, loves Jesus, You are also someone that loves your husband, Aiden, and someone who loves her wonderful, wonderful daughter, Zoe, who might objectively be one of the most beautiful children in the world. I think so. Uh, you are also passionate about uh, spiritual formation and spiritual practices, and we're going to talk a little bit more about that today. Um, you run, <laughs> but you're not a runner, but you run. Right. Uh, you love good food. Am I missing? You're so much more than this. It's <laughs> <laughs> a great introduction. All of those things are true. Awesome. But then should we go into our first segment? Sounds good. So one of the things that uh, that we do with the podcast, it kind of sounds like we do it all the time, uh, is that we have these five questions. Okay, five quick answer questions. So the first question is, what gives you energy? Ooh, um, being outside in nature gives me energy. Running gives me energy. Having heart-to-heart connections with other people and conversation gives me energy. And learning 
Anytime mm-hmm. I'm learning something, I get energized. Mm-hmm. And beauty. Beauty. Mm-hmm. What is your favorite thing right now? My favorite thing right now is my um, AirPod earbuds. Mm. It's a game changer when you are walking around the city, pushing a child in the stroller. It's wonderful. What are you listening to? Uh, mostly podcasts, actually. And so, yeah, I'm interested to see how this one turns out. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, oh, what is the trait you most deplore in others? Um, I'm not sure this would be the most, what I would say the most I deplore. Um, but I, I have a hard time when people are, are incredibly arrogant and also ignorant at the same time. Um, and maybe a, a, a large pet peeve of mine is when people take a really long time to say what they mean to say. So if I know what you intend to say before you're done talking, I get impatient, <laughs> which is which says a lot about me and not anybody else. Yeah, fair enough. So, okay, so ignorant and arrogant at the same time, right? Yeah, that one's tough. <laughs> okay, what is the trait you most admire in others? I really admire curiosity, and I think. It, in particular, the people that I know that are, say, over the age of 60, that are highly curious, I find them to be the most interesting uh, and wise and warm people that I've ever met. And here's the last question, a little bit, a little bit deeper. Um, what do you want to hear God say when you meet him face to face? You know, I think for me, I... I'm looking more toward a smile and a hug, I think, than to specific words, if I can answer that way. Absolutely. That's a great answer. Thank you, Chelsea. We're back with Chelsea and a little bit more deep diving into getting to know you. Um, I, I mentioned that uh, spiritual direction and spiritual practices are, are something that you feel very passionate about. Could you begin with just explaining to us what those things are? Yeah, so um, spiritual direction is actually a specific um, practice that has its roots um, in history far gone in Christianity, where someone that can be termed a spiritual director or a spiritual companion, um, a spiritual sojourner, meets with another person to help um, be an extra set of eyes into someone's story and spiritual journey and a set of ears to listen to the Holy Spirit on behalf of that person. And together in a a three-way conversation with the Holy Spirit and with the two people present. The hope is to experience God and to grow in intimacy with God. And so it's it's a relationship of um, alliance for the sake of intimacy for, for the person seeking direction, mm. if that makes sense. Um, 
the other thing you you asked me to yeah the spiritual practices spiritual how does practices. that connect with spiritual practices um, also sometimes termed spiritual disciplines are different exercises um, rhythms um, opportunities to be formed by the actions that we do mm-hmm. um, so spiritual spiritual practices are a way of deepening our intimacy and often play a role in spiritual direction um, conversations could you like give us an example of what like a spiritual practice might be yeah so a, a spiritual practice for example that we often experience in church would be communion mm-hmm. um, the practice of taking the bread or taking the wine it's a it's a a practice that involves all of our senses and helps to tune our heart to Jesus mm. in a way that um, not engaging, taking, partaking of the bread or partaking of the wine, um, it can be harder without those elements. Mm. Another practice might be um, sitting and reciting a prayer, such as the Lord's Prayer from the New Testament would be an example of a spiritual practice. Yeah. Now, I think we're going to end up uh, deep diving into those things a little bit more. Um, but we're also interested in getting to know you as a person. Mm-hmm. And we've spoken before, and we said that these these interests is something that's grew with time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was wondering, could you kind of take us through the process of how these things became important in your own faith journey? Yeah, so I would say if if you take a step back and look at the larger... Um, trajectory of my own spiritual path, I have um, moved through several iterations of communities, mm. Christian communities and teachers that have um, helped me to progressively see that my experience of, of God is always more narrow than God who is infinite, mm. which is an important thing to note um, because the, the point of practices is to know more of our God who is infinite. Mm. And so I've had to experience my way into understanding that all along what I know and what I experience is smaller than the God I want to get to know. Mm. And so some of how I have learned that is my my introduction into the church um, was not through my upbringing. My family are not believers in Christ. So I came into the church as a teenager and had an experience that felt like um, the kids in the the story of the Chronicles of Narnia Mm -hmm. entering the wardrobe and then coming through into this whole new land called Narnia. Mm -hmm. Um, I entered the church and I felt like a veil had been removed and suddenly I, I entered a new way of experiencing reality. And I've had something of that experience perpetually, actually. And my initial church experience taught me how to read the Bible. Mm. Um, And that was my first introduction to spiritual practices. Know God through reading the Bible, which is wonderful. But then I I moved on to university and and got plugged into another church community that highly valued um, personal devotion, Mm. such as reading the Bible or prayer, primarily, and discipleship, and mm. so knowing God through relationship and mentorship. Um, and then additionally, 
beginning to take what you know about God and, and share it with other people. And those were the main values in that church. But in that church, there were other other experiences or practices that were not valued. Mm-hmm. Um, and I happened to get invited to a more charismatic church. So then I moved from there to an experience that taught uh, me to value manifestations of the Spirit mm-hmm. that um, I had previously not been opened to because it wasn't a part of the culture I was formed in. What are some of these like uh, spiritual manifestations? Um, for example, just experiencing visions or experiencing God in dreams, um, experiencing God work a uh, miracle of healing. And these are experiences now that feel commonplace, but I was formed previously in a, a church context that taught me to have a limited uh, openness to what God can say and what God can do. Mm which just gives a nod to how we can be formed. Um, so then I moved from there into uh, experiencing some seminars with more contemplative Christian leaders, where I began to be introduced to engaging prayer practices that really come from uh, non-Protestant Christian practices, so forms of prayer that you might find in the Catholic Church. Mm. And again, I experienced God there, too. Mm. And I, I came to realize um, I don't want to limit God. And so I'd, I had a teacher that, that once said, God is humble enough to meet us in our, our uh, local church constructs, mm. um, but God is bigger than our local church constructs. Mm. And I, I came to value approaching getting to know God in the way that that Peter did in the story where he's walking on water mm-hmm. and God shows up in a surprising way and the disciples at first they think he's a ghost they don't recognize God's presence but Peter says is it you if it's you I want to get out of the boat mm-hmm. essentially and so when it comes to getting to know God I've I've come to enter that mindset of not saying God cannot do this or God cannot say this, but instead to say, I want to know you, and if I'm having an experience with God, I want my response to be, is it you? If it's you, I want to get out of the boat. I want to come to you. So these different processes in different communities that you've been to, and you get to learn more about experiencing God, what knowing God is, um, how did that process look like internally for you to come from one faith community which says, this is what it means to know God, and then you shift to a new community and says, oh, here's more, here's more. What does that do? I think it does multiple things. One, it's unsettling. Mm. It's the honest answer. It's unsettling to realize God is bigger than what you thought God was. Um, it also is an introduction into the great mystery of the the faith, where maybe maybe I could put it in a paradigm of a, a trajectory that I've experienced, where I've moved from primarily experiencing God as God outside of myself, mm-hmm. to through spiritual practices, discovering through experience that God is also in me. So the great mystery of I am in God, and God is in me. Mm-hmm. That is... 
ultimate union and intimacy to mm. me that that mystery of abiding in Christ the spirit being in me just as I am in Christ you can't theologize or think your way into knowing or understanding that it has to be experienced and that's what spiritual practices help you do and so it can be unsettling to enter a process of um, maybe unknowing mm. or entering unfamiliar territory and yet um, deepening to enter a place where you're open open to experience something you can't quite contain with your mind. I mean, looking back, like now you're in a place where you're kind of realizing and knowing these things. Um, but back then, when you're introduced to these ideas, which must be somewhat foreign and new, um, what were some hindrances that you had to kind of get over? What were some things, what were, what were you struggling with to know God more in new ways? Yeah. One is a fear of being misled. So there's mm. a fear component all along when you experience the different church communities um, have a very particular set of what is right and what is wrong. Mm. And I've had enough experiences in different churches and now cross-cultural experience to know um, sometimes that's a bit more culturally formed than it is spiritually formed. Um, but but it can create a fear of, of being wrong. Mm. And so if you're introduced to a new practice I have experienced a hesitancy to say, ah, I'm not sure about this. But like I've said, I've begun to, to be open to say, but God, you're infinite. God, you are omnipresent. God, you want to reveal yourself. God, you want me to know you. So are you here? If you're here, I want to know you. I'm open. Um, I can't think of another hindrance, actually. I mean, this kind of goes into... Th- something that we've been talking about before and it's about how faith can be somewhat focused very much on the mind and very cerebral so faith becomes about knowing it becomes about doctrine it's about hmm, it becomes a kind of knowledge base uh, or head knowledge but you've talked about how spiritual practices and disciplines being more holistic and involving the whole body um, could you talk a little bit more about that? Yeah. And so uh, knowing God with our minds is important, right? That's mm. an element of knowing God. But of course God also made our bodies. And God himself chose to come to the earth in a body. Mm. And so there's much to be learned about um, bringing all of our senses again, created by God, into knowing God. So, for, for example, like communion, it, it gives us something to touch, gives us something to taste, it gives us something to see. That, that helps form us more holistically than just discussing, mm. um, intellectualizing a Bible verse. Mm. And I think um, it has to be noted that the practices such as baptism or communion that Jesus passed on to us do involve our bodies. Mm. Yeah. Can you recall 
some significant moments where the involvement of the body, involvement of your other senses became, it opened the door to know God more. Yes, absolutely. Um, I am a novice in beginning to learn that my emotions Mm -hmm. are connected um, to how the spirit is speaking to me. And emotions are not concepts. Emotions are things we feel in our bodies. Mm -hmm. And it has taken me a while to realize that when I give space and attention to what I'm feeling in response to something, that that's when I tend to hear the Spirit um, giving me discernment, when I hear the Spirit reading my heart for me, where I recognize um, even the love of God in, in my emotions, in my body. But before learning to give attention to that, I always conceived of God as someone outside that I talk to rather than God as someone I can meet inside of. Mm. Uh, my own body because we are not separate we are actually one Chelsea I'm, I'm not doing this to be mean to you but uh, I, gotta, I, gotta, I gotta ask uh, what's your favorite food <laughs> my favorite food is actually a sweet potato because I like it in every possible form you can prepare it I should I should rephrase. I love it in every possible form you can prepare it. What is your what are your favorite sweet potato dishes? Uh, sweet potato fries, um sweet potato mashed potatoes. Mm-hmm. Um I love Mediterranean sweet potatoes, mm-hmm. which is a specific uh flavor profile. Mm-hmm. Um sweet potato pie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you might be. Yeah, those of you listening might what, be wondering why I'm kind of switching these questions, and and I, I think Chelsea somehow gets this kind of rep to being this uh, really kind of deep, which she is deep and and thoughtful and spiritual person. But there's just also this really lighthearted and uh, funny and appreciating like the small things in life person, um, which I think is really important. And I want to ask you this question, which is. Sometimes we think of uh, those that are really spiritual as being somewhat ascetic. Is that the right word? Denying of like the senses and stuff. Um, my impression of you is that you actually really kind of take in the senses and really enjoy. You you like, like you said, you enjoy beauty. You you like good food. Can you connect that with spirituality? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> I would say nothing is disconnected from spirituality. Um, To be alive in a present moment to the beauty of flowers is Mm. just as honoring and connective to God, I think, as sitting in silence and meditation. Mm. Um, Sharing in joy and laughter with others is just as important. Mm. Yeah, because God is always present. (laughs) Um, There's nothing we do where God is not present. And so anything we do wholeheartedly or with um, 
Yeah, fullness of being, I think, is a spiritual experience. Mm. I think this is oh, I think this is so important because it, it invites us now to kind of take in all of life uh, as a gift uh, to be enjoyed, and and that all of life then becomes like an invitation to know God. Um, I can think that that could be a scary statement for some. Um, now I can't right now when I'm speaking to you, I have a hard time understanding why it would be a scary statement. Chelsea, can you help me out? <laughs> why, why would that be scary? I think we are prone to want to reject things, um, especially experiences that are hard. It can be challenging for someone to say um, that a hard experience is an invitation to mm. a, a deepening intimacy with God. That can feel cruel, I think. Mm. At the same time, sometimes we like to label something as spiritual or righteous or godly or as secular or something other, but I, I don't think God is confined to those labels, personally. Yeah. I think this is super important when we're talking about this podcast because we, in Swedish, it's called Vardas Tru. And I, I, we had a hard time kind of coming up with the English equivalent, but faith in our everyday, everyday faith. Uh, and a lot of people talked about, uh, our guests talk about, well, it, faith shouldn't be separated it shouldn't be segmented or compartmentalized. Um, so that's very encouraging to hear. Uh, I had a, I have a quote from you, and it's been something I've been thinking about. Um, I hope I get this quote correctly, and it's that the the goal of the goal of the Christian life is not imitating Jesus or not becoming like Jesus, the goal of the Christian life is union with the Godhead. Did I get that correctly? Pretty close. And actually that is that is an idea that comes from an author named Robert Mulholland, who is making a point to say our our goal of spiritual practices or the goal of spiritual formation is not imitating behaviors to be Christ-like, but rather the goal is intimate relationship, intimate union with Christ, out of which will naturally come Christ-likeness. And I think that's an important distinction, because one is um, something you're trying to force, Mm. I think, and the other is something that one is imitation and one is transformation. Um, if we want to enter that that mysterious reality of being in Christ and Christ in us, there has to be an intimate, relational, experiential knowing Mm. um, that is going to honestly look a little bit different from person to person because relationships don't have a singular prescription of what is closeness. Mm every two people create a different type of union, if that makes sense. So we can't write a book about, or, well, hmm, maybe you can write a book about spiritual intimacy with God, but maybe that is more difficult to say, like, and this is the way, like a model. Right, I think you can, in the same way that you can write a book that will help us who are married to have, better connections in our marriage that that exists and yet 
it's never going to be a formula mm. um, because it's two people wanting to have heart, mind, soul, body connection, and that's a dance. That's a, that takes time. Mm. It's not a mm. it's not a uh, mathematical mm. equation. It's a calling. It's a receiving. Mm-hmm. It's a calling forth, trusting mm-hmm. bit by bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's fantastic. It's beautiful. Um, with the risk of you now going on to like a long, uh, sharing a lot. Um, you're 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 a mother. You you have a wonderful daughter, and talking about how things and all things in life can open up to an openness to knowing God. How has your motherhood opened up to your relationship with God? That has been quite big, mm-hmm. actually, in my life. Of my love for my baby girl, who cannot speak yet, who cannot walk yet, who can't really even feed herself on her own. My love is so all-encompassing and intense. It has brought me into a more humble um, understanding of being loved as I hold my daughter to take a moment from time to time to realize I'm being held by God like this. I'm being looked at by God in this way and even more. So I like to have control and I like to earn approval. And being a mother has been really undoing and and helping me to experience that I am loved in a new way. Um, and even at times to allow myself to sit and imagine being held in the way that I, I hold my daughter, that in a way I'm being, I'm being held in the womb of God, um, in the arms of God, and I don't need to do anything. I'm just intensely loved. That's been extraordinary. Mm. Yeah. That's transforming. Chelsea, we have a question that we ask all our guests. Um, and the question is, what does faith mean to you in your everyday life? For me, I'm, I have come to conceive of faith in everyday life as living loved. Um, and to even take on that definition for for Christian maturity is it's not about what you know, it's not about what you do, but can you give yourself to the experience of being loved by God and then in moment by moment, day by day, live loved, live with the experience of God saying, you are my beloved, and let everything come out of that. And that will be the source of this transformation that we're talking about? Right, yeah. Mm. Chelsea, thank you so much. Um, you also have, uh, you're going to lead us, uh, this is a podcast first for us anyway, you're going to lead us into a spiritual exercise. So we're going to have a little break here. And when we come back, Chelsea is going to lead us into a spiritual practice. Chelsea, uh, you've 
planned a little spiritual exercise for our listeners. So the mic is yours. Great. So one of the ways that we can help experience God's love is to simply position ourselves um, to be met by God. And one practice that is quite old and um, exercised by many people is something called the prayer of examine, of which there are many variations. Um, but here is one that I will lead us in. So if, if you are able, if you're not driving in a car right now, you can sit with your hands open, your palms up to the sky. And this is a simple way of gesturing that you are open before God to be met by God. Take a few moments to, to sit there and allow your heart, mind, body, soul to align with that gesture of openness. ahead and place your hands on your heart. And this is a great practice to do actually at night, at the end of a day, often before you go to bed. So it's an examine of your day. So you start with openness and place your hands on your heart and allow your day to play through your mind and take hold of all of the things you are grateful for. your hands on your stomach, the place where we often feel the core of our emotions, and ask the Spirit to highlight for you one or two emotions that you felt strongly today. Take the time to harness whatever, whatever comes to you to turn it into either a prayer for help or a prayer of gratitude. again as a gesture of openness, letting all of yourself, all of your emotions, everything that has happened in your day to rest before God and let God hold it for you.
and consider yourself open to what is coming next for you today or consider yourself open to hope for tomorrow if you practice this at night. And if you want, before you end this exercise, take some time to pray for your tomorrow. And when you feel ready, take a deep breath in, deep exhale out, and give thanks to God one last time. Thank you, Chelsea, so much for coming in and sharing from your experiences. bara säga vilken, vilket samtal jag tänker att det var så mycket att ta med sig från det här samtalet på olika sätt jag vet inte vad ni tänkte om det men jag tänkte i alla fall väldigt mycket på att hon, hon nämnde flera gånger om det här att inte begränsa Gud och hur viktigt det är det är så lätt tror jag att vi att vi just gör Gud mindre än vad han är hela tiden för att det bara kommer naturligt att vi vill ha kontroll på Gud. Vi vill att vi Gud tänk, ska passa in. Vi tänker ut vad han borde göra. Ja, men vi, precis. Lite så. Vi vill att han ska passa in i vår, vårt liv. Mm. Men han är så mycket större. Och jag tyckte speciellt mycket om när hon sa att, att hon ställer sig frågan Är det här du Gud? När hon möter någonting nytt. Och när hon... Är det Gud? Ja, men om det är du Gud så vill jag gå ut ur båten. Mm. Jag tänker både det här perspektivet att först fråga är det du Gud är en väldigt viktig fråga. För om det inte är Gud då ska man inte gå ut ur båten. Men att ställa den frågan och sen så säga men då vill jag gå ut ur båten. Jag tyckte det var fantastiskt bra. Mm. Mm, det var intressant. Jag fastnade för en sak som hon sa när hon talade om skillnaden mellan att mellan att imitera Jesus och att transformeras eller förvandlas mm. Mm. Av, av Jesus. Och det tänker det, det behöver jag tänka vidare på vad det egentligen betyder. Mm. Och jag har också uppväxt igen. Alltså, det finns ju de här men, tankarna, gör som jag så kommer det att bli bra. Men det, mm. det är risk att vi bara skapar ett yttre beteende och det påverkar mm. inte insidan. Ja, den här förvandlingen från insidan jag tänker jag är spännande, viktigt. Vi pratar mer om. Mm. Det som jag tänkte på var just. Och det är så aktuellt med just att tänka vardagstro. Är att möta livet och bejaka livet som en möjlighet, som en inbjudan att ta emot Guds kärlek. Och att varje. 
ja, varje upplevelse är egentligen en inbjudan. Och det tänker jag alltså att någon som kan vara glad, tacksam och se på livet på det sättet att det måste sprida någon så härlig ja, vad man säger, andlighet, liksom någon relation med Gud. Mm. Ja, precis. Ja, så nästa vecka har vi ju ett nytt avsnitt som kommer bli väldigt roligt. Och podden läggs ju ut på torsdagar klockan 13.30 så lyssna gärna nästa vecka på den. Och den finns där poddar finns. Så kom till den. Ja. Men då får vi tacka Chelsea så mycket och tack ja. där ni hemma som har lyssnat. Ja. Hoppas att ni har en fin vecka. Ja. Hej då. Hej då. Tack tack. Hej hej.